Okay, so today I want to talk about a more practical slash political thing, a headline item. How many of you followed the recent news with Walmart? Or at least are familiar with it? Yeah, so the when I first heard of uh, so historical context, a couple of recent shootings at Walmarts. Walmart comes out, makes a statement about their gun policies and so on. When I first heard it, I basically heard that they had just banned all guns on the premises. So a couple of quick thoughts on this. We want to make sure that when we think about political events in our day, we think about those events as Christians first, not as Americans first. We are Americans. We're blessed to be Americans. We love our country. We want to see our country blessed but the way we seek that blessing is by being Christians. We seek blessing from the Lord. We're not simply seeking to construct a better America through our own reason and our own conservative moral values. Our first duty is to Christ. And so everything we do, we want to do first as Christians. So when we respond to a statement like this from Walmart, how do we respond as Christians? Interestingly... In the midst of a political context in our day where everything is so polarized and full of rage, the political temperature right now is through the roof. The name-calling and etc., it, it doesn't stop. It is violent. It is pretty much impossible to simply have calm discussion in the public forum anymore. It, it goes straight from... Either we agree or you're Hitler. Either we agree or you're just a, you know, a left-wing ideologue. It just happens from both sides. It just goes straight into name-calling and shouting and jumping to the worst possible conclusions. Is that how Christians would deal with it? I ask that question because, or I bring this up because, I believe that if we as Christians face the political challenges of our day, we're going to face them differently if we're facing them first from a Christian worldview instead of first from a conservative American worldview. As a Christian, when we see our country going south, we have a higher citizenship, which is the kingdom of God. So we are not threatened by what happens in our country. In fact, when we see persecution rising in our country, we know Jesus told us, blessed are you if you are persecuted for my name's sake. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Regardless of our eschatology, regardless of what is going to happen down the road, the truth of the matter is that right here, right now, if we're watching America go south, while we fight for what is true, we can be happy warriors because we are fighting in the ranks of the king who has won and who will win whether or not America is fixed or America goes down in a blaze and the nations say, alas, Babylon, and something else rises up on the northern continent on this side of the globe, you know. God is sovereign over that. But we don't have to be afraid 
And that should inform the way we dialogue about these things. We don't have to dialogue from fear. We can have peace, and indeed we want to have the biblical ideal, which is the tongue of the wise, that makes knowledge acceptable, rather than speaking from fear and just, oh, I've got to, I've got to preserve my rights as an American, because if I lose my rights as an American, everything's going to fall apart. That contributes to the anger, the back and forth, the fighting. If we're coming from a perspective of faith, I can say, look, this is what is true. This is what the Bible says. These are the rights that our founding fathers tried to give us, and I'm going to fight for those rights, but I'm not afraid. And if, if you guys do win, and America does turn into a leftist totalitarian regime, well, I'll go to jail. I'm not going to stop speaking the truth. I'll go to jail. And you know what? If I go to jail, God's still on the throne. And I get to join the ranks of Christians throughout history who have faced the lions for the name of Christ. Well, so be it. That is a Christian relationship to politics. It's not running from politics to where we don't speak to it. But it is speaking to it as someone with a higher citizenship. And that allows us to speak from love without fear. And by faith. Yeah, yeah. You're going to send me to a, a place where the, I have a captive audience for the gospel if you send me to prison. That's, that is a biblical perspective. So, a couple of quick thoughts. First of all, so as we're thinking about this as, as Christian Americans, so bearing in mind both biblical principles and an understanding of what our founding fathers gave us when they founded this nation. First of all, Walmart is a private corporation. If Walmart wants to ban guns on their premises, they have the right to do so. We need to be careful in how we respond to them that we don't, by our rhetoric, contribute to this this fighting in our culture and actually undermine what we're trying to say. We believe in free enterprise. We believe in private property. Those are biblical things. Thou shalt not steal. In other words, that guy has rights to his stuff. Well, Walmart has rights to Walmart's property. And if they want to say, you can't bring guns here, that's their prerogative. We should respect their request. Civil disobedience to the government can be appropriate. And we see that in Scripture. You see that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was a governmental command that violated God's commands, and they said, sorry, we're not bowing. And they got thrown into the fire. And the Lord delivered them miraculously. They're an example of civil disobedience. You can do that with the government. You don't do that with a private corporation. If, if to make it very uh, visual, if I come to your house and you say, please take your shoes off, we don't let people come into my house with, our house without shoes, I can't say, oh boy, I'm going to civilly disobey right here and establish my rights and my liberties. I have the liberty to come into your house with my shoes on. No, I don't. It's your house. You can, you can tell me you can't come in without putting on a pink polka dotted t-shirt if you want to. That's weird. I might not come into your house, but you have the right to do that. It's your turf, right? So civil disobedience to a private company is more like trespassing than it is like the Boston Tea Party. If you ask someone not to bring something into your house or business, you would appreciate it if they did what you asked. And that's the golden rule. Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, if I ask you to stay out of my house, unless you wear a pink t-shirt, I would appreciate it if you'd put a t-shirt on, a pink t-shirt, if you want to come into my house. 
Okay? So we should reciprocate that to others. This is true even though we as Americans have a constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And this is important to understand. The Constitution was meant as a limitation on the powers of the federal government, not on the powers of individual Americans running their own homes and businesses. They have the right to refuse service to anyone. You've seen the signs. What's well, true? You have the right to refuse service to anyone. Doesn't mean you should refuse service to people. You may be refusing ser service for very bad reasons. It may be because you're a racist or a sexist or a anti-gunist, whatever the case may be, but it's your turf. And we've already blurred that line in America by forcing people to do to serve fill in the blank. And it becomes an ongoing list where we keep adding to this list that well you have to serve these people, you have to serve these people instead of allowing there to be simple consequences of if you're going to be a, a bigot, if you're going to be a racist, well, it's your business. You can be a racist if you want. I ain't shopping there. I'm not supporting that. And you reap the consequences of jerkdom. But such is the free market, and that's how it's supposed to be dealt with rather than the government coming down and enforcing morality on, on the culture. So in other words, the right to keep and bear arms does not equate to the right to shop at Walmart while doing so. We are not guaranteed the right to shop at Walmart. If we don't like their policies, we can call and let them know. We can take our business elsewhere, and, and we should. I mean, there's no reason not to. But we don't need to complain and act as if, oh, you're violating my rights. I'm an American. I should be at, well, they're an American too. And if they want to make bad rules for their stores... They're allowed to. It's a free country. And, and we wouldn't want it to be any other way. We wouldn't want, if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't want the government telling me that I have to bake a cake for a gay wedding. Right. Well, I also don't want the government telling Walmart that they have to let me come in with my gun, even though I would much prefer that they did. Next, banning guns on the premises is actually a far cry from what Walmart did. They didn't do that. And so we need to be careful that we're speaking honestly. That's another biblical principle right there. Not bearing false witness about what someone said or did. Basically, they are asking customers not to open carry on the premises. That's very different from a blanket firearm ban. And why, did, why are they asking this? Well, probably in part thanks to folks who are coming in trying to make a statement, open carrying. Well, what do you think that's going to do to your customer base? You got a couple shootings at Walmart, and then you got people traipsing in, open carrying, making a statement with their guns. Can you really blame Walmart, at least entirely? I can see where they're coming from. I can imagine you've got customers complaining. So those of us who are trying to defend the Second Amendment would do well to consider what kind of picture we are painting of ourselves for our fellow Americans. We don't want to fuel the narrative that we're scary gun people. And that's what we do if we don't speak truthfully about what they said or if we come in trying to, I'm going to put on my Confederate flag vest and I'm going to sling my AR-15 over my shoulder and walk into Walmart and demonstrate my rights. Right, with my MAGA hat on. And is that, is that helpful? Probably not. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. That kind of approach is more likely to be a stumbling block. I'm not saying that I agree with Walmart's policy change. 
it's still going to wind up with less law-abiding citizens carrying guns in the store, which I don't think is a good thing. And also, they did make statements along with this request. They made statements that we're leftist. We're going to stop selling handguns. We're going to stop selling ammunition for AR-15s. They are indeed kowtowing to the leftist agenda. Agreed. Not supporting that at all. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about specifically the, um, the, the carrying request, the open carrying request. So when it comes to open carrying, this situation is an important illustration of why, where it is legal, we should do it. As a whole, Americans are gun ignorant and gun shy. We've even had people ask us, stop us and ask us. Some people in favor, like thank you for for carrying. I admire that. I appreciate that. Other people who are a little bit shocked, taken aback. Is that a real gun? Why? What are you doing? With, are you a cop? Well, when we have the opportunities to associate gun with polite, well-mannered, nicely dressed guy, that's a good association to make. Americans need to see that. Oh, there's a dad who loves his wife and he's being sweet with his kids and he talked nicely to me and he's carrying a gun. As opposed to, oh, hey, there's another hick who looks like he's just about ready to shoot the next thing that he sees in the meat aisle. You know, he, he wishes that the, the beef had legs so he could start shooting at it right here in the middle of Walmart. Well, we don't want that to be reinforced. It's also good to exercise this opportunity because, as they say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Okay, now, if they had banned carrying of firearms, and this is something where we have the opportunity to really try to reach out to people and invite discussion. When you're talking to your leftist friend, instead of butting heads and arguing, let's just ask the question, can't we all agree, if we're not talking about government policy here, we're just talking about Walmart, if Walmart were to say, no one's allowed to carry guns in our stores, can't we all agree that that's probably not a good idea? Because it makes pretty good sense. A bad guy who's going to come in and shoot up a Walmart isn't going to be too worried about the fact that he's breaking one more law. He's already pretty committed to law-breaking at this point. So, setting the government issue aside, can we just agree that it's probably, unless they're going to have, like, TSA screening-level security with armed guards, this is only making Walmart a softer target. That's, that's the kind of conversation that I'd like to have with people on that side of the aisle in a way where we can actually discuss instead of rant at one another. Next, the national trend towards corporate leftism and virtue signaling provides wonderful opportunity for people like us and just for conservatives in general to start businesses that are unashamed to stand against the cultural tide and to stand for traditional American values. Now, like I said, the point for us as Christians is not traditional American values. The point for us as Christians is the advancement of the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. However, simply from a capitalist perspective, Chick-fil-A is doing really well. And if somebody comes out with Conservatomart, where you can go and you're encouraged to bring your gun, and all the employees are open carrying, and they sell guns and ammo, that place would do great business. And the odds of them having a mass shooting would be very, very, very slim. Even if somebody tried, it probably wouldn't get to the point of mass shooting because there'd be too many bullets flying the other way. Last point, if we, 
specifically men, but all of us, but specifically to men as it's a, a biblical duty, if you are committed to giving your life for the innocent, and if you can legally conceal carry to your local Walmart, which in Arizona, if you're over 21, you can conceal. So from their statement, the way I'm reading it, looks like that would be okay and in accordance with what they're requesting. Then then do. Bring your peace. Conceal. I wouldn't recommend be, being brazen and, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. But they've left room for that. I'm planning to conceal when I go to Walmart. We need that. Our world needs that. It's, it's crazy out here. It's crazy in America right now. Some wacky stuff happens, and we see the principle in Scripture. Deuteronomy 22, verse 27 is a good place to go where you see the principle of the girl cries out, the implication, the expectation is every man within the sound of her voice comes running and saves her right away. That's Christian culture. That's what Christian manhood means. When bad stuff happens, Christian men rise up and say, not here. At least, not while I'm still alive. I'm going to be one of the victims or I'm going to stop this. That's the Christian manhood perspective. That's Deuteronomy 22, 27. We need men like that in our culture. A lot of times these mass shootings would not be mass shootings even without the presence of men with handguns if you had five of the guys standing around saying, look, not here. We may all die, but we're taking him with us. Well, that, that's a biblical worldview. So bearing those things in mind, just some some pointers on how we can think about the gun issue and the Walmart issue from a biblical perspective. That's all for now. Carry on.